This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. Since everything's going to be wiped out, he says, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and thinking? He's asking you, if you really believe that, if you really believe that one day the Lord is coming again, and we don't know that day, we don't know exactly when that's going to be, then what kind of people ought we to be? We ought to be godly people. We ought to be people that are, as he says here, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Sometimes it's so easy to turn on the news and ask yourself, what is this world coming to? But as Christians, we can know exactly what the world is coming to. We're living in what the Bible calls the last days, and it isn't such a bright picture. The picture we get is one of increasing moral decay. People will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. So how are we as Christians to respond in these last days? That's exactly what we'll learn in our study in the book of Joel. Let's join Pastor David in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1, for today's study. We're going to start in Acts, and then we're, we're going to make it back to the uh, Old Testament. Uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. You know what's going on here in Acts chapter 2, if you've been in your word much at all. This is the day of Pentecost. This is when many of the disciples were in the upper room. They had been in the upper room for a while, praying and fasting and seeking the Lord. The Holy Spirit came down, filled them, just overwhelmed them. Again, uh, not only the, the, the just this visual thing like uh, like tongues of fire upon them, but also the audible thing that they were speaking in tongues and proclaiming the glory and the majesty of God. And suddenly, all the people that were in for the the feast of uh, of Pentecost were were there. And as they they heard all of this, they came from all different kinds of uh, areas and languages, and they were each hearing their own languages coming from these men, and they were blown away by it. And what did, what did they think was going on? What did these outsiders think was going on, church? They thought that they were drunk, but with the wrong spirit, right? Yeah, they, with the spirit that came in the bottle. They, they were overwhelmed, and I'm not even going to use the term drunk in the Holy Spirit, because really there's a faction of Christianity that, never mind, we won't even go there. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? And the Lord had given them this gift of, of praising the Lord in these tongues, and these men heard them speaking in their own language. They thought that they were drunk, and Peter comes out and he says, Lord, uh, you know, Wait, these guys aren't drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Let me explain to you what's going on. So in chapter 2 of the book of Acts, in verse 14, it says, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, 9 o'clock in the morning. He says, But this is what was spoken by whom? The prophet Joel, and then Peter takes out his Bible, makes sure he has an Old Testament, flips over to the book. No, Peter had this memorized. I, I want to tell you something. They memorized the word. Why? Because when situations came upon their life, they could recall the word. 
They, they had it within their hearts. They had it within their minds. And it was something because they studied it continually and they, they took it upon themselves to memorize the word of God. What a concept. What a concept. We ought to be doing more and more of that. Amen? Does anybody have like too much of the word memorized in here? I don't think so. I think we could all memorize more. I've got a sheet on my desk that I've challenged myself over the next few months. It's about uh, 20 uh, verses and passages uh, that I have not put to memory uh, yet that I'm going to, yeah, even at uh, 61, I'm going to challenge myself. Keep the old brainwaves going, okay? So Peter, he, he just begins quoting this, and he says in verse 17, this is what Joel said. And it shall come to pass that when? In the last days. Remember that point, okay? Remember that point. That in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth below or beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be darkened by or turned into darkness then the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome, what is it? Day of the Lord. Remember that phrase also. So the last days and then the day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's an awesome concept, but it's not a new concept. You need to understand that that was an Old Testament concept also. But now we start seeing it in reality happening in the New Testament as even Gentiles start coming to the Lord. But that's not what the message is about tonight. Uh, from Acts, we want to turn to Second Timothy chapter uh, 3, if you would. Second Timothy chapter 3. And if you're not real familiar, that's going east in your Bible at this point in time. Okay, Second Timothy chapter 3. Paul is writing to Timothy, again, encouraging a brother who is a pastor of a church, who is ministering to the church, and uh, in the midst of all of this, Paul is giving him not only instruction, but also encouragement. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, these are the words that Paul is encouraging this young pastor, okay? Paul says in chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, but know this, that when... In the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janes and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. They're men of corrupt minds, disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. Now let me ask you this, church. In 
say the year 30, 36, 30, um, 40 AD, whenever this was written, do you think that maybe that there were some men there who were lovers of themselves, perhaps even lovers of money, some that were uh, unthankful, unholy, unloving, covetous boasters, proud blasphemers? Absolutely, there were. As, as, as a matter of fact, we've, we've known that literally since sin entered the earth back at the time from Adam and Eve and then on to Cain and, and on through that. We know it's been there. But in the last days, there seems to be, from what we see in Scripture, there's going to be either 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 a growth in that or an intensity of that or primarily both of them. A growth and an, intent, an intensity of these things within what time frame? The last days. Keep going east in your Bible to Second. Uh, Peter, Second Peter, chapter three. In Second Peter, chapter three, and we've got a lot to read here. Peter writes to the churches, to various churches, and as he writes in Second Peter, chapter three, he says, "Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle." So I'm writing you the second epistle, in both uh, of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken beforehand by the holy prophets. Now he's taking them back to Old Testament times. He says, I want to remind you of what the Old Testament prophets declared. And so he continues on. And of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord, of our Lord and Savior. So it's not only what the Old Testament prophets declared, but it's also what the apostles of the first century were declaring. He says, knowing this first, that scoffers will come, when? In the last days. Do you think that there were scoffers during the time of Moses? Absolutely there were. Uh, we, we find scoffers all the way back to the beginning. But again, I believe a growth of intensity and, and the amount of scoffers. So these scoffers are going to come in the last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water that the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So let me stop real quick. What Peter is saying is these scoffers are going to come, and they're going to grow in intensity, they're going to grow in number, I believe literally a greater, greater majority of people that are going to come and say, you know what, you Christians have been talking about the last days, you've been talking about end times for like forever, and it's still going on. I mean, you guys thought, you know, John F. Kennedy was the Antichrist. You guys thought Kissinger was the Antichrist. You guys thought, you know... uh other administration people were the Antichrist. But none of that has come about yet. You just keep on and you keep on saying this. It's just the same as it's always been. And he says, but yet they are willfully forgetting a major event that Peter said happened over the entire world. What is this major event that he says that they're forgetting about? The flood. Do you realize how many people don't believe that there is was a worldwide flood? I hope that Dr. Kimball talks about some of the, the scientific proof 
of worldwide flood. And it's all over the world. There are proofs, viable scientific proofs, that the world was underwater completely one time. And yet man scoffs at that and they willingly forget about that and say it's just always been the same. But what he's saying... It, God took it out at one time by water. The next time, he's going to take it out by fire. And when's that going to do? Reserve for fire until when? The day of judgment, okay? Again, that, that day of the Lord, that great day of the Lord. Verse 8, he says, But beloved, don't forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But what's going to come? The day of the Lord, that's that great day of the Lord, the day of judgment. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements will melt with fervor and heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, since everything's going to be wiped out, he says, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and thinking? He's asking you, if you really believe that, if you really believe that one day the Lord is coming again, and we don't know that day, we don't know exactly when that's going to be, then what kind of people ought we to be? We ought to be godly people. We ought to be people that are, as he says here, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Because in which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, we as believers, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things. Wait a minute, looking forward to what things? Looking forward to that great day of the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. Because that great day of the Lord, that great day of judgment, also hastens in the new creation. It hastens, it brings all of creation then into eternity. He says, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all of his epistles, speaking in them of these things, some of the things he says are kind of hard to understand, uh, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do the rest of the scriptures. I thought it's kind of funny every time I read this, that Peter uh, writes, and some of the stuff that Paul says is kind of hard to understand. And I'm wondering, you know, Peter, uh, we, we know between the two that, that Paul was a guy, a very intellectual. He could hold his own with the philosophers on Mars Hill. Peter was a fisherman, and I'm not belittling the fisherman at all, but he did not have the same kind of education. But one of the interesting thing is, is when the Holy Spirit spoke through Peter, what, what did they say about Peter? Hey, we can see this guy's been with Jesus. Now, you can have all the education in the world you want. But if you haven't been with Jesus, that education isn't going to do you any good. But if you got Jesus and the education, then that's like a double whammy, okay? Uh, so it's, it's a good thing. And Peter says some of these things, and some people have taken these things that are hard to understand. They've twisted them around. 
and to their own destruction, as they do all the rest of the scripture. And that's one of the reasons why we here at, at, at Calvary, we do verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, to keep it into the context, because I don't want you to leave here saying, wow, where in the world did he pull that out? And a little bit here, a little bit there, and twisting it all around to say something. No, when we keep it in the context of what we say, uh, it's a lot harder to twist it around. So he goes on, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, and if this is the first time you've ever heard this, you now know it beforehand, okay? So now you're responsible for it. It's my job, okay, to make you responsible. Uh, you, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own what? Steadfastness. Unless you fall from your own steadfastness. In other words, man, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. I'm just kind of weary today, and I'm going to kind of slide back. No, Peter's saying here, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Man, continue. Press into the Lord. Press into the Lord. Press into the Lord. Because we know it's going to take place. We don't know when it's going to take place. And we want to be found when he comes blameless. He goes on to say, Beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory now and forever. Amen. I gave you all of these verses, both from Acts and Timothy and Second Timothy and Second Peter, as by way of introduction to the book of Joel. Because Joel talks a lot about the last days. And he talks a lot about the judgment of God. That day of the Lord's, or the Lord's great day, or the the day of judgment. So now, flip back to the Old Testament. It's east of Psalms and Isaiah. It's in your minor prophets. It's after Hosea. Right after Hosea, as a matter of fact. The book of Joel. The book of Joel. It's not a very long book. It's only three chapters long. Um, I'm not sure how far we'll get tonight with it. But the book of Joel was written primarily to the nation of Judah. Joel writes uh, as a as a prophet of the Lord. And one of the things I've shared with you before is when words of prophecy are given, there's many times a clear, uh, almost soon or immediate fulfillment of that prophecy. But then that prophecy keeps going, and oftentimes there is a later fulfillment of a similar type, and then many times there is a final or a great fulfillment of what's being declared. So I believe that Joel is very much that way. Peter declared on the day of Pentecost, hey, this is exactly what Joel was saying in the last days. These kinds of things are going to happen. That was 2,000 years ago. I believe that 2,000 years ago we entered into those last days. So how long are the last days? Come next week and I'll tell you, okay? Uh, No, I won't, but uh, uh, again, we don't know, but we do know that what Joel says, I believe, has a much greater fulfillment even than what took place on the day of Pentecost. 
Now, as he writes, we, we don't know what the uh, date was when he wrote. He doesn't have any uh, mention of any kings or of any kingdoms or of any major battles that are going on. So it's pretty much kind of difficult to place uh, his prophetic message on, on a timeline. And, and different people who give the timelines of, of, of the Old Testament prophets put him at different Places. Some date him around 835 to 796 BC during the reign of Joash. Joash was a, was king of Israel and they, they put him during that time. Others say that he was probably a contemporary of Hosea, uh, the prophet that was just before him. And that would place him around 755 to 710 BC, about 700, 700 and a half, 7 and a half, 700 and a half, 750 however that works, 750 years before Christ. So, But with the thoughts about the above daily, a, a whole lot of uh, feel that this whole idea of the locusts that he's going to speak about here, that it was an actual plague of locusts, not unlike the plagues that hit Egypt, that literally and truly that out of the north, this big horde of locusts came and they just devoured everything. However... Others look at the message of, of Joel and that they believe that his ministry very possibly came just shortly after the fall of Israel, the northern kingdom. And can anybody tell me what date the northern kingdom fell? 722. Thank you. Yeah, 722 uh, BC. So that's when the northern kingdom, and some people put his, his ministry right after that, and they consider the calamity that, that he's writing about, about literally these locusts that came in and the destruction that came in, to be actually the attack of the Assyrians, because after the Assyrians defeated Israel, they came in to try and wipe out Judah, too. But God restrained them to a point. They did attack a lot of the area of Judah and many of the outside towns away from Jerusalem. And actually, I kind of agree with that thought, and I agree with it, because within this, there's also uh, ways that Joel states this. You might say, yeah, but he says locusts. I understand that. But in chapter 1, verse 6, he speaks that a nation has come against my land, strong and without number. In verse 17 of chapter 1, he says that barns are broken down. Now, I, I guess if you get enough locusts, it'll break down a barn. But invading warriors, they would have no problem with breaking down bars, barns and buildings. In verse 19 and 20 of chapter 1, he says, O Lord, to you I cry out for fire has devoured the open pastures and a flame has burned all the trees of the field and uh, the beasts of the field also cry out to you for the water brooks are dried up and fire has devoured the open pastures. In chapter 2, verse the second part of verse 2, he speaks about a people come great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations. In verses 7 and 8 of chapter 2, he says, They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Everyone marches in formation. They don't break rank. They don't push one another. Everyone marches in his own column. Though they lunge between the weapons, they're not cut down. Uh, in verse 17 of chapter 2, 
through the second half of it. He says, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. I don't know if the locusts are going to rule over them, but I can see the Assyrians ruling over them. Verse 20 of chapter 2, he says, but I will remove far from you the northern army. And I will drive him away into a barren and desolate land with his face toward the eastern sea, his back toward the western sea. His stench will come up and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. It's during the efforts of the Assyrians, whenever they come into a land, that literally they will, they will ravage the land itself. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. Pastor David will continue sharing with us from the Minor Prophets next time. What we'll learn is that even though many of these books are quite short, they are full of important prophetic insights. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link to The Open Word Facebook page. You can also subscribe to The Open Word Podcast at TheOpenWord.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. The Open Word Podcast is always available and completely free. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word Podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to TheOpenWord.com and subscribe to the Open Word Podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to theopenword.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next study as Pastor David shares insights from the Minor Prophets. That's next time on The Open Word.